This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's up, Raider Nation? Coming back in for another week on the Raider Cody Podcast, and I am extra excited this week. Chris, what's going on, man? What's going on, Raider Nation? Cody, how you doing, man? Uh, business is still booming. Uh, oh, got yeah. AB in the house and added some more players. Excited to dial it all in and talk about it. Uh, you know, it's been an exciting week, bro. Yeah, dude, we're in the middle of a controversial offseason, what we expected anyways, but I'm absolutely amped, dude. We are the most exciting team this offseason so far. I'm so excited to get to talk about every minute of it, dude. Oh, man. I'm, I'm ready, dude. Are you ready, Chris? I'm so ready, dude. I mean, we got A.B., Tyrell Williams, Trent Brown. It goes on and on, dude. LaMarcus Joyner. I'm excited to break it down, and I'm excited for the 2019 season, dude. Things are looking up. Oh, 100%. And we had a very, very busy week. Um, we have a very special guest coming on. He's he's making a, it's a second stint here on our podcast. And uh, we really appreciate it. It's Scott Winter. You know, you probably heard him on our on our show a few weeks ago. Um, we, we're pretty close with him on Twitter. We interact quite a bit. And uh, Scott's a great guy, very informative. And I know he loves coming on the show. We love having him. So we're very excited to have him on a very, very exciting week. So let's, uh, Chris, you ready to hit these announcements? Let's do it. Of course, our first announcement the Raiders have officially acquired wide receiver Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers for a third round and a fifth round pick. Shortly after, the Raiders traded away left guard Colecchio Semele to the New York Jets, swapping their sixth round pick for the Jets' fifth round pick. Free agency has opened up. We kicked things off on day one, signing tackle Trent Brown, safety LaMarcus Joyner, and wide receiver Tyrell Williams. We also had a former player move on. Offensive lineman John Feliciano agreed to terms with the Buffalo Bills. Then on Thursday, a couple roster cuts happened. Quarterback A.J. McCarron and wide receiver Jordy Nelson were both released. Raiders re-signed exclusive rights free agent linebacker Jason Cabinda and signed unrestricted free agent offensive guard Chaz Green. On Friday, the Raiders signed wide receiver J.J. Nelson and defensive end Josh Morrow. 
The Raiders and offensive tackle Donald Penn mutually agreed to part ways after five seasons. The Raiders saved a little more than $5 million in cap space, and Donald Penn will look for another team. Yeah, Chris, man, like I said, we've had a lot going on this week, and it's almost too much content for just the two of us to cover, so I'm very happy to have Scott Winter coming on, and I think uh, I think we're already ready to give him a call, and we're just going to go over all of it with him, man. You ready for it? Absolutely. Let's bring Scott in and dive into all this free agency activity, man. Cool. Let's give him a ring. All right, so we got Scott Winter on the phone. He's returning for his second appearance here on the show. And the last time we talked, Scott, you were firing up a podcast. You got a few under your belt. Uh, how's the how's the podcast going right now, man? And how are you doing? Uh, the, you know, Nick Hamilton, my partner. It, it, it's kind of like uh, uh, the yin to my yang. He's a you know he's a fantastic professional. You know, uh, radio host in, in Los Angeles. He knows his stuff. He's uh, uh, credentialed media. Goes to the the uh, Chargers games and the Rams games because he's in Los Angeles and you know basketball he's big he goes to the Laker games all the time which is you know that's kind of cool and I think we have a really good uh, chemistry so so far so good still having some technical things that we're working out you know we're you know we obviously don't look as cool as you guys and whatnot (laughs) you know I, I that's one thing I really respect about you guys by the way I mean your show when you put it on video and and your art, and I told you this last time about your artwork and stuff, it's very clean. You got a good brand, and uh, that's you know we're working on that. But uh, but yeah, we're we're getting there. Hey, it takes time. It's uh it's a headache, no doubt. We've uh, me and Chris both have uh, been scratching our heads over certain things, making tweaks, and and we pride ourselves on presentation and. Hopefully, I'm I'm glad to hear that. That means uh, I think we're getting our getting our job done, man. But uh, I gotta ask you, dude, Scott. It's been a crazy week on uh, Twitter and Raiders news. Everything's been going down. How are how are you hanging through it, Scott? Oh, well, it's very interesting, uh, especially with some of the, the the cuts they're making. Which, I mean, they're sitting over with back over forty million in cap space, and everybody's saying, well, it's because they need cash. No, uh, they just got a check from the NFL this week for over $250 million. That's their TV rights. It gets paid out uh, right at the beginning of free agency every year because it's the NFL new year. So it's not like they're hurting for money. Even if he was dead broke going into this week, somebody handed him a quarter of a billion dollars and said, have fun. You know, <laughs> welcome to being a franchise in the NFL. You know, <laughs> exactly broke like that, right? Exactly, and I don't know if people are expecting. Uh, we have only a little bit of cap space left. Do they th- really think we're going to blow right through it at the beginning of free agency? We still have young guys that we're going to have to pay in the future. We can't we can't lock that all up right now, man. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I get you know the the hard date that they had on uh, Nelson, uh, and you know, of course, you know, looking back on it, they 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 paid him his roster bonus early back in December. You know, believing that he was going to be here and they were going to they slammed it under last year's cap but uh you know i say that their plan didn't change because they i mean when i say uh, their plan their outline they're they were going to buy offense and draft defense for the most part that's what i talk about them sticking to that plan however antonio brown came in and that target of opportunity happened and that you know that's 18 million dollars you know right off the top man they had planned for that money and they budgeted it. So, 
when that happened, it kind of, you know, it turbocharged uh, uh, their free agency. And so they had to adjust, you know, and lose people like, like uh, uh, Jordy Nelson. Uh, you know, obviously we parted with Donald Penn today, which is, you know, it's bittersweet because at last year's interval owners meeting, I really got, I spent some time with him at the, at the, at the bar and, you know, I, I took a picture of his shoes. He had those red night, uh, those gorgeous red Nikes. I, I took him, put him up on three. Like, oh, no, no, no. You can't, you can't do that. Cause I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to not be in shoes. So I had immediately leaked the tweet, you know, like, okay, yeah, I got you, bro. And then we hung out and he kept coming up and hugging me. He says, I just love you, man. You, I love your hat. You know, and I, oh my God, we had a, we had a, like I said, we had a great time. It was just, just like, you know. That's funny, the hat guy. And then, yeah. That's cool. Scott, I'm glad that, you know, we're having this conversation, and it's on lighter terms. You know, the last time we talked, it was Oakland Stadium rumors, and, and, and things were kind of dark Ooh. then. We're talking about the bad things, and, and finally we got a good week. And, of course, you know, we bumped this thing off, going and grabbing Antonio Brown, uh, of course, with him coming into his 10th season. Uh, me looking at him, obviously, best wide receiver in the NFL, right? Uh, 1,100 yards. 70-plus touchdowns. He's averaging like over 80 yards a game. Uh, the dude's an absolute monster. He's going to be 31 this year. And uh, to me, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. Uh, and as we can see in these first few days, he has a high work ethic. And I love how much he's doing with Derek Carr already. He seems like they have a great connection. He loves the Raiders, posting nothing but silver and black. When you're looking at this Antonio Brown ac- acquisition, how do you feel about it, Scott? I think it's it's a crown jewel. I believe that a player comes available and we were all worried about the cost. Remember we were, we, we discussed this on Twitter back and forth. Like, you know, uh, when you're in this, when you're in the position of not being not just a fan, but also seeing behind the curtain, you start to really look at things differently. Like the fan in me is like, Oh yeah, get him. I don't care. Pay him. You know, <laughs> got, what, three first round picks. We can give up two for him. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Guy, yeah, you yeah. Know? That's the fan. Scott was so. listening uh, to me quite a bit. <laughs> You know, because you're like, this is this is the Jerry Rice of this generation, yeah. and you know, and if you know, you know, because Jerry became a Raider, I can say that if he had never become a Raider, I'd, I'd be saying Tim Brown. And mm-hmm. but Jerry, uh, Tim Brown was was an amazing uh, grinder type receiver and did it with so many different quarterbacks. Jerry Rice, on the other hand, comes in and, and just makes everybody better. Kept getting open. You know, the guy was uh, – I mean, he could probably still go out there and get open. That's just, I mean, yeah. his, his workout regiment was something uh, – there's two guys when I consider what their workout routine is like. And Jerry Brown – I mean, uh, uh, Jerry Rice and, um, and Sweetness, Walter Payton, had the most mm-hmm. grueling off-season workouts of, of any players – and come to find out Brown is like that. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. You know, he, he had to pull crazy out, you know, for a little while there on, on, uh, on social media, which was kind of, uh, you know, makes you feel kind of, uh, I don't know. But then you find out we paid a, the Raiders paid a third and a, and a fifth. What? Hold on. Hold on. They did what? Yeah, basically stole him, you know. Yeah, lit the entire NFL up, man. Chris, of course, we've talked about it before, but finish this thing off, man. What do you think about this Antonio Brown acquisition, dude? Oh, business is booming. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. I mean, you look at, you know, coming into the off season, offensively, one of the glaring 
needs that they had was wide receiver. And what's one way to instantly flip that narrative? You go out, like Scott said, you trade a third and a fifth and get arguably the very best receiver in the NFL and Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a, a wide receiver that Derek Carr has mentioned in the past, previous before any rumors of AB becoming a Raider, that if there was one player he'd want to play with that wasn't a Raider, he'd want Antonio Brown. And uh, the the route running, the precision, the hands, uh, the intelligence he plays with, um, he consistently beats good corners. And, uh, you know, you could bracket him and he still makes impacts. He still makes catches, gets his yards, really good yards after the catch. I couldn't be happier that that the Raiders hauled him in, and so far so good in terms of the the personality. I mean, just getting along with Carr. You see the video of him and Gruden really connecting well, and and uh, I feel like the the really good sign here as well is that Mike Mayock showed discipline in the acquisition of Antonio Brown. He stuck yeah. to his guns, not giving up a one or even the early two. And, uh, you know, to, to capitalize and, and bring in AB was uh, impressive, and I couldn't be more excited about it. And to continue in the order of events, uh, shortly after we acquired Antonio Brown, of course, Coleccio Simile was subject to a cash dump with the Jets. Uh, as we said in our, in our announcements, swapping picks really wasn't worth anything, just moving back up, getting that fifth-round pick kind of essentially back from the Jets. And it kind of – caused a shuffle in our offensive line because the very next day free agency opened up and the first guy we attack and go after is we get the left tackle from new england trent brown a uh, monstrous guy only 25 years old uh you normally you bring in a, a high-paid free agent like that and you see like nah, you know maybe four or five years max here with the team but you know this is a guy that we brought in and in dang near might as well be a, a rookie mainly an experienced rookie he's still young he came into the league young and, and he's looking fresh big boy um, I kind of have in the back of my head, he's a left tackle by the money he's getting. And I like him a lot. Scott, what do you think about our first free agent acquisition, Trent Brown? Well, it's kind of funny you mentioned Kalecha Simile. And, you know, when the Raiders went out and got Kalecha Simile and paid him that money, everybody said, well, that's left tackle money. Because, I mean, he got yeah. paid, you know, uh, You're right. You're right. Over $10 million. No guard had ever been paid that much. Yeah. And so everybody said, well, they're going to kick him out. You know, Penn, Penn at that time, remember, had left without a deal and was was testing free agency. Yes. And, you know, he was getting ready to get on a plane to New York, and, and Reggie was like, fine, pay him. Come on, bring him back in. <laughs> they paid <clears throat> – they gave Penn his money. You know, but, I mean, it was, it was a compromise, but, you know, you know, they paid – they gave Penn a raise, which uh, – and that's great. Uh, but – you know, Kalecha Simile never became that left tackle. Not even when, when Penn went down did they move Kalecha outside. Uh, so is it an overpay if he plays on the right tackle? Uh, a bit, absolutely. But he's one of the best right tackles in the game uh, when he was with, with the, with the uh, 49ers. I mean, even Von Miller said, I mean, the guy's a beast over there right. right tackle. Now he's played left tackle for, for the Patriots. He wasn't the best left tackle in the league. He really balled out during the playoffs. But during the regular season, you know, I think he had, what, nine, ten, something like 9% uh, pressures, uh, okay. which, is, which is decent, you know, uh, on dropbacks. Whereas during that time, the first four games, you had Colton Miller, before he got injured, 5% pressures gave up one sack. That's 
I mean, people say, well, Colton Miller was okay. They forget those first four games where he was the number one uh, uh, graded rookie on PFF for the first four four weeks. He takes the knee. Everything falls apart uh, because he's playing hurt. So right now, and even according to Vic Tafer, who I I respect immensely, uh, says it's up in the air. They wouldn't even address it at the at the – at the press conference. Well, we don't know what he's going to, we haven't determined yet which side he's going to play on. So okay. if it protects Carr, if they're able to run the ball to the right and the left, uh, and he plays right tackle, I'm okay with it. I don't care. You know, I, I maybe you guys, if, if, if the Raiders are running, you know, run 1500, 200, 2000 yards for the season and he's playing right tackle. Did we really, did the Raiders really overpay? Uh, no, <laughs> you know, nope. so, yeah, honestly, I completely agree, uh, Scott. I mean, left tackle, right tackle. I think a lot of it probably will come down to where they feel Colton Miller fits best and where he will be most effective. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like Trent Brown will be solid on either side of the, lo- the line. And, and you look at, you know, the right tackle position last year. Obviously, uh, you know, Brandon Parker was thrusted into, into a position that he probably wasn't ready for yet. He was drafted in the third round, but... A lot of that was about physical tools. It wasn't the complete player. He had some rawness to him, played at a little bit lower level in college. Obviously, he was a four-year starter and, and didn't give up a sack in college. But still, there was you know, the thought that Penn would be the right tackle, and they also signed uh, Giacomini as well. But both of them got hurt. Parker came in and had to start. And, and you saw how, you know, and I'm not putting the 50-plus sacks all on Brandon Parker, but... Um, you saw that the the offensive line and in particular the the right tackle a lot of times in Brandon Parker they, it blew up a lot of their game plans it, it made them uh, you know lose control or a chance to win football games early because Carr was being so pressured and we know I'm a huge fan of Derek Carr but Derek Carr is a pocket passing quarterback he's not Russell Wilson that's going to scramble out of uh, havoc and and make a ton of plays with his feet. Um, so I think Gruden knew and Mayock as well to give Derek Carr the chance that to make plays with these weapons on the outside, they got to take care of the tackle position on the other side of Colton Miller. And they went out and they did that. And, you know, you look at Trent Brown in the playoffs played against the chiefs, right? Uh, you know, he played against the chargers two AFC West opponents that the Raiders see, uh, a total of four times a year between both of them and dominated Trent Brown did in those games. So, and uh, Scott alluded to that in terms of him being really good in the playoffs. So I think it was a really good move. And if it means cars protected on the outside, I think it's worth every penny. They had the cap space to spend. He's young. So it's not like they paid a 30, 31 year old, uh, which we were accustomed to in the past with Gruden. So uh, I'm overall really pleased with it and looking forward to Carr having the time he deserves to make plays like he did a few years ago. Yeah, and you, and you almost look at some of those. When you think about the offensive line, the first thing you think of is, well, he didn't have enough time to throw the ball. It's not even just that. Sometimes in Gruden's offense, that second read is absolutely crucial. You know, you, you find that guy downfield finishing his route, That's that's maybe that's the key target, and Carr doesn't have that chance to step up in the pocket and make that throw. Instead of taking one or two steps up and and, and, and delivering, he has a guy in his face, or he has a guy that he can sense around the backside of him already, and he can't get the ball out, and, and, and it's limiting him. 
And hopefully now with – I mean, Trent Brown's a big boy. You're not just going to push that guy back into the quarterback right <laughs> off the snap. So hopefully, uh, you know, Colton Miller stays healthy. Hopefully they find the right chemistry between the two of them. They get him correctly, left tackle, right tackle. Of course, there was some controversy. Even I kind of sense it with Penn and Colton Miller last year on what side they were going to play on. It's kind of the same deal. So hopefully they find the right spot and we see it. Man, we need we need a drastic improvement for our offensive line, no doubt. But after that, we closed out day one in free agency, or should I say day one of the tampering window, by adding safety LaMarcus Joyner from the Rams. And uh, he was franchise tagged the year before, which kind of worked out well for us. He had a huge season in 2017. And then last year, it was kind of underwhelming, but you got to look at the entire Rams defense. The entire Rams defense, for the most part, was underwhelming. They had a lot of stars there, and really the only guy that stood out and played up to his level was Aaron Donald. And then, of course, L.A., just like you would expect, L.A. found themselves kind of in a bind. They have a lot of contract extensions coming up. Of course, Jared Goff. So they can't pay everybody. They can't pay all their stars. So Joyner hit the market, and I feel like the Raiders took advantage for the most part. They hit Joyner kind of on a down year, and maybe they finally slide him. You know, everyone's complaining about his height. You know, we got the we got the we got the two short safeties, whatever five eight five nine, back there, and I don't think that it's necessarily just going to be the two of those guys back there. I feel like there's going to be another piece to the puzzle, and Joiner could be our answer down there in the nickel, playing a little bit. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna flip this around a little bit. Scott, I'm gonna let Chris go here. Uh, he has a he has a pretty good opinion on this. What do you think? Um, how does how does how does Lamarcus Joiner? fit into this defense this year well obviously he's you know pegged as a safety uh but like you alluded to um he's a guy that can play nickel he played a lot of nickel in 2017 uh you know i was watching some of his tape and some of the good plays that he made and uh it was out of the nickel and he seems to be an explosive player uh he's a playmaker um he how honestly had some jolting hits as well uh saw him in some blitz packages uh you know where he was effective uh the raiders need playmakers in their secondary and it doesn't hurt to have a guy that's versatile you know you look at a, a coach you know i hate to bring in the, a patriot here uh but in bill belichick one of the things that he really likes is defensive backs that are versatile that can play multiple mm-hmm. positions joiner is a perfect example of that uh you know a lot of people look at his height he's 5'8 carl joseph short so immediately there's some negativity there but they're not thinking about the big picture that it, it doesn't mean that he's always just going to be back in the too high with carl you know, he can be moved into the nickel, uh, play that position effectively. Obviously, it was a guy that they did a lot of work on. And, and I'm sure that Mayock and Gruden and Gunther watched a ton of film and feel like he fits well uh, with their defense and what they're trying to do. So um, I'm excited about adding the playmaker that we did. And, you know, his contract, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, it seems like it's, you know, a, a big one, but they can move on after 2020 um, going into the 2021 season with no you know, dead cap. So it's essentially a two year deal um, with some fluff for additional years. Um, if, uh, you know, things pan out well, and I surely hope they do, but I'm for now, I'm very excited about the addition of joiner. Scott, what do you, uh, what do you think about LaMarcus joining uh, that secondary? I think he's a better Marcus Gilchrist, you yeah. know, with that versatility and you're wanting to get, um, you know, you might, you might swing him out to the slot, you know, be that nickel guy. Or, you know, uh, you know, if he plays free safety, he's got some fantastic instincts. The other thing that I really like about him is he's a sure tackler. Uh, I think he only had like uh, four or five missed tackles in over 80, 80 
90 attempts or something like that, which is go. actually very good these days. Uh, you know, the art of tackling isn't what it used to be apparently, but uh, he, he's a sure tackler. He hits, he, he, he brings it, uh, he, uh, you know, without, you know, no, no, uh, uh, I'm not dissing him when I say this, but he's got little man syndrome, you know, where, I mean, he, <laughs> he's out there to prove that he ain't a small guy and yeah. he plays like that with that chip on his shoulder. So, so when I say that, it's not a knock. It's actually, you know, he's flipped the script on it. And he's got good instincts. When you're playing free state, if you're playing Reggie Nelson's spot, and I hate to bring you up Reggie Nelson, <laughs> after, you know, some of, the, some of the people on Twitter, you know, thought that thought, thought, thought I lost my mind. Those are little uh, shoes to fill, Scott. Around. Those are little shoes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But if you're playing that Reggie Nelson spot, and you take a look at uh, when Reggie Nelson was good, he was a ball hawk. He could get in places and he could lay the hit. Uh, beautiful hit against, you know, uh, the Ravens uh, wide receiver on fourth down, you know, and, and, and the yeah, Raiders yeah. won that game back in, back in uh, you know, 2016 in, the, in that glorious year. Yeah, and people were like, oh, hey, you know, Reggie Nelson's too old. Boom. He sealed the deal with that. He sealed mm-hmm. two games, by the way, that year. That's the kind of guy that you're looking for in Joyner, and Joyner's a little bit faster, and he hits a little bit harder, and he's a ball hawk. I feel that with his versatility, he'll be just fine. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And we had talked about it. We had a safety segment a few weeks ago. And whenever I was looking at some of these rookies, the one guy I picked out was Mike Bell because he was a hard hitter. Because what's worse than getting popped by Carl Joseph is getting turned around the next play and getting popped by another big hitter. So now we got another guy on the opposite side that's going to be kind of roaming that field. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things perfect compliment and we always talk about versatility now we got two guys i think that are kind of versatile although we don't give it to carl joseph you never know what if they both somehow end up in the too high safety position you never know what either of these guys are going to be doing so we, we got some uh some what if factors there and of course now we rolled into day two i'm going to keep going in order here with our acquisitions we rolled into day two and uh, we go out, we grab, uh, kind of out of the blue, I didn't really expect it to happen. We went out and grabbed uh, our big speedster wide receiver, Ty- Tyrell Williams. And uh, in my opinion, the perfect compliment to Antonio Brown, which led to cutting Jordy Nelson and then also adding J.J. Nelson. So the wide receiver group's shaken up. Scott, what's your opinion now on that wide receiver room from last year? Well, it's night and day. I wish they would have been able to keep, you know, Jordy because yeah. I felt he would have slid over into the slot really well, played the slot quite a bit in Green Bay, and, and absolutely sure-handed. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, didn't, you know, didn't drop balls, and still fast enough to come across the middle and everything like that. But with, uh, with Williams, the Raiders had had him targeted. He was one of their uh, targets to get at the opening of uh, the tampering period, and why they were already – in negotiations with him, it kind of it kind of slowed down when they when they brought in Brown. It kind of slowed things down, but then you know they had an opportunity to get him, so they got him. I think it's a good acquisition. He's fast. Uh, some of the big things that he does for Gruden's system. I mean, he, the guy's a seam route runner. He's he'll you know he'll run the post, he'll run the nine, and he'll also run the seam. But another good thing is uh, a lot of your highlights on him are crossing patterns and that is a staple of John Gruden's offense get him across and he can outrun people going across that middle get him matched up against linebackers and and zone guys that are trying to cover their zone he'll outrun the zone and 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 it's fantastic by the way it just does that really well now 
he might have to polish up some things. Like I wouldn't throw, you know, out routes to him very often, you know, things like that. But those particular plays, he's fantastic at decent hands, um, at real good, you know, 50, 50 guy, back shoulder guy, you know, uh, so I believe that, you know, and I believe there's some growth potential there. Scott, I completely agree. I, I tweeted out, um, you know, after the Raiders signed him, uh, a video, you know, Tyra Williams, Oakland Raider. And <clears throat> just like you said, it was so impressive. There was two plays on crossing patterns, just short, shallow ones where he caught it. And he, even though for a big six, four guy, he has a fast stride and uh, he, he, he had some wheels along the sideline when he hit the corner. Um, you know, and, and what, a, what does Derek Carr love? He loves big target wide receivers, guys that he can throw the 50, 50 balls. You mentioned little back shoulder, uh, you know, he had that, even though Crabtree's not as big as or as tall as Tyrell Williams. Um, he he loves receivers that can go up and win in those situations that are smart in the back shoulder. Uh, so I feel like he's a nice fit for Derek Carr. And I feel like he's a nice complement to Antonio Brown. And if they want to bracket and, and take a ton of attention on Antonio Brown, it's going to give Derek the opportunity to go downfield and hit Tyrell Williams uh, on the big plays. And, you know, us Raider fans... You know, we we've watched Tyrell Williams eat against our secondary. Uh, you know, I obviously I, I live down in the L.A. area. Um, you know, I've gone down to San Diego to watch the Raider Charger games, uh, you know, Raiders Chargers here at StubHub in L.A. And, uh, you know, I, I've definitely seen Tyrell Williams have his moments against the Raiders secondary. And I feel like finally the tables are turned. He's going to be on our side now. And, uh, you know, I think he's a smart player. And I was wondering, you know, when we were going after Le'Veon Bell, because we were rumored to be interested in Tyrell Williams. I was like, man, I wonder if we miss out on, or if we get Bell, we won't get Tyrell Williams. And I was kind of like, man, but then when we missed out on Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if that gave him the, the, you know, reason to just finish the Tyrell Williams acquisition or not. But I was happy that we hauled him in and, and to, you know, put him as a wide receiver two next to Antonio Brown is, uh, is ex an exciting thing to think about. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up his uh, past games against us as a charger as the owner of two david amerson jerseys i'm sad to say that i constantly saw him smoking amerson i mean all the time every, almost every single touchdown pass i guarantee you can look it up in the last three years almost every touchdown pass that williams has against us i guarantee you 75 percent of them are against david amerson <laughs> whenever he was on our team it was it was rough he had some rough games with him but uh it's nice to have him on our side you're absolutely right and then uh, rolling into we kind of, I guess the 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 imagine the imaginary second tier free agency opened up, and we still had our biggest need, really still needing. We had a defensive end on the roster. We only had one. Arden Key was the only guy, and we finally kind of addressed the position. I guess I don't even want to say we addressed the position, but we got Josh Morrow, and he's not necessarily. I mean, he is a defensive end technically but he's not the edge rusher that we're looking for <laughs> off the other side right <laughs> he's he, he's that he's a, he's a big boy you know he's 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 a lunch pail guy um but he's kind of just more of that run stuffer kind of rotational you maybe see him out there early downs short yardage situations um but I, i'm not i'm not satisfied whatsoever and i don't want to see us get into a position where we got to go into the draft thinking we got to go all defensive line we shouldn't have to draft four defensive linemen just because we need it so bad what do you guys think 
Um, I kind of have a little bit of an opinion too. What do you guys think? How should we finish off free agency to take care of this glaring need that we have at defensive end? Well, you know, <laughs> I look at this guy as, as like a, a Derek Carrier kind of signing. I, I believe that they're looking for that diamond in the rough. He has uh, uh, familiarity and, and work with our, the, the, the new defensive line coach, and he can stop the run. And if you, if you go back to some of the things that Gruden was talking about, was especially in the line they got to stop the run and uh he's a guy that's going to be brought into to rotational in and they're hoping that he'll be able to carry that that stop the run uh talent that he has to a rotational position they're hoping he's going to make the team uh you don't sign <clears throat> you don't sign somebody in this period uh hoping that they're just a camp body it's, it's just not how that works uh but the <laughs> in Gunther's system, he should do fine because Gunther likes to have a guy that is, that'll seal the edge, and then he likes a guy on the other side that can rush and they can swap him around and and, and whatnot. And he likes to get uh, pressure from the middle. You know, all defensive coordinators love that pressure up the middle because the quarterbacks freak out. He thinks he already has that in in Mo Hurst and and uh, 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 P.J. Hall. Uh, you've got your run stuffer, you know, Justin Jelly Ellie. Uh, they 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 brought back uh, Hankerson, which you know we didn't even mention that he he was resigned uh, and extended. And then you know Eddie Vanderdose, who who uh, he's still on the team, you know, and he he missed all of last season, you know, reaggravating that ACL in camp. But it's a there's really not a lot left out there. I mean, you've got big names left. You've got Houston. Uh, Houston's a decent uh, set-the-edge guy. Uh, and, of course, you know, he had that monster season with 20 sacks, but he's on he's, – he's just not – he's never been the same. He's been injured and whatnot, and he's, he's getting up there in age. And then you have um, uh, Blondie from uh, from Green Bay, you know, okay. oh, uh, who can get up to the – quarterback i mean uh, but he's an outside linebacker middle linebacker kind of out inside linebacker outside linebacker really i don't know how he would fit as a four three edge guy i don't i don't know if he's in that part of his career well, i mean uh, you know uh if it was a three four that would be different he could be he could be like you know a, a green uh coming into that and who, who who found his second career in his 30s but uh uh I, you know there's just really not a lot left out there that I see fitting Gunther's scheme. I know people, you know, would love to get Houston people, you know, you, it's a Raider thing. Uh, you know, Earl Thomas is on the market. Get him, Mola, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Already, you know. He's available, uh, sign him. <laughs> yeah, available, sign him. I, I've heard that, uh, you know, there are people on the market. It would have been interesting if they would have gone out of Vern, gone after Vernon Oliver and, and, yeah. and maybe, you know, worked a recontract with him because I thought, uh, if they could get him at the right price, he'd be an excellent value. He's a good run stuffer, and he can pressure quarterback. Agreed. But uh, imagine, uh, I, 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 maybe they could trade for somebody. Uh, you know, uh, that's an opportunity. If not, you're going into the you're going into the draft. You got to get two guys. You're going to pick up. You're going to pick up two guys probably before round five, and let's say trade down because they need like seven guys in the top 100 in my opinion six seven guys and they've got four i 
if they get if things go right and somebody trades for the four spot, you can kiss Josh Allen goodbye. You can kiss uh, uh, Nick Bosa goodbye or anybody in that in that area. But then then what it opens up is Farrell and Sweet and 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 the ex guy I can't spell I can't pronounce his name. Z is in 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 You know that <laughs> yeah, guy. something like that. <laughs> You're not alone <laughs> pronouncing it like that, Scott. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about though. There's yeah. there's some really really yeah. good prospects in the top 50, top 75. But, and then of course you're going to try to find your diamond in the rough in, 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 in the later rounds and, uh, and undrafted. I, I would imagine they're bringing a lot of guys for that, for the edge, hoping you find that one guy, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody overlooked, but it, it's, it's tough right now. You know, they have really missed out on everybody and they wouldn't pay uh, gold. Uh, and he was only you know, 4.75 million, which means yeah. to me, which tells me they've got something else going on. They right. have to. Yeah, I agree, Scott. Um, you know, and I, I look at Josh Morrow. I think he's more, you know, people think, Oh, like he's an end, but I, I kind of see him filling that frosty Rucker spot. Uh, you know, yeah. before that they had tank Carradine, obviously he was cut, uh, you know, a certain portion of the year. I think it was like a mutual agreement, you know, um, but he's not the the sack artist edge rusher that we're looking for. I, I feel like Arden Key is the only guy we have, and obviously I like Arden Keith. You know, third round pick last year. Uh, you know, showed some ability there uh, with the speed rush, but I think that it's still a, like an incomplete project. A lot of talent, but needs to be reined in. And I feel like they do need a number one sack artist edge rusher. Uh, you know, I think about you know, obviously you mentioned Justin Houston and. You know, he played in the 3-4. He's a guy that, you know, obviously I don't know how much he's going to cost, but, um, you know, I'd like to kick the tires if it wasn't too expensive. But someone that, you know, Cody had mentioned a lot, Ziggy Ansah is still out there. I don't know. Uh, Ziggy is the Ansah. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, Cody, that's been your thing. Um, I would uh, I would be, you know, interested in, in bringing him in. I think he would be a nice fit. Um, but when you look at the, the further along we get in this free agency period and, and the the more of the the edge rushers that could take that spot and be the the main guy on the edge to get the sacks, you see them go to other teams. What it tells me, and it kind of unfolds their plan a little bit, is that I'm starting to think more and more that the Raiders are planning on trading up for Nick Bosa. And I know that is not a popular opinion. I know that you know everyone's like, oh, if anything, we're going to trade back. But I just have this kind of feeling that, you know, um, the more they miss, the more it, number one, puts them in a position where they still need to fill that spot. And number two, maybe gives away that they were planning on making a run at him all along. Uh, So it should be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I think Nick Bosa is the number one player in the draft, uh, followed by Quinn and Williams. Um, But, uh, you know, and I know there's a decent chance that Quinn could fall to four and all those things, but... I really feel like that premier edge rusher, um, you know, if we don't get on something like that quick, could show the Raiders cards that their plan is to make a run at Nick Bosa and, and you know, try to get that uh, big slam dunk on draft day. I'm not sure the type of capital they'd have to get give back to move up to two with San Francisco if they'd have to give up a late one or an early two and a, and a day th- three pick. But, um, you know, I'm, it, it should be intriguing and interesting. I still think they definitely need to check that box. Yeah, and we talked about it last night a little bit, Chris. Uh, Scott, you even hinted at it at the beginning of this interview, and we've even heard it from Mike Mayock. As soon as we got Antonio Brown, it changed things a little bit. You know, it was, of course, it wasn't a guarantee to land him this offseason. So once we did, things are different. 
I said it last night. I think we shifted gears and we're we're a little bit more impatient now. So I think it's a time where we do still have space. You know, what did it pull up? I mean, we're looking at without rookies, maybe somewhere close to like twenty five million still in space. I mean, of course we have some young guys to pay coming up. That was the whole controversy, right, that they claimed with Khalil Mack that you know, we have guys still that we have to pay in the future. So I'm not saying that, you know, we're gonna use up all that cap space. But I still think, just like you brought up Ziggy Ansah, and, and, and you said it before we got on air, and you got me fired up again, why wouldn't they gear up and go get one more slam dunk free agent or, just like Scott said, through a trade and just take care of that need? Bam. Because then what else do you look at? You know, that's my, that's my final question here for you guys is, of course, you know, besides defensive end, I mean, Ziggy Ansah is – He's been my guy. I, th- I think that he fits the mold perfect. Besides his obvious, uh, you know, everyone tries to say he's absolutely injury riddled, but that could be perfect for us. You know, we could strike him on a good deal. Maybe he's had two visits, and I haven't heard a peep about him. Uh, maybe for some reason I don't want to bite my tongue because he could be signed uh, while I'm while I'm mixing up this episode. So I don't want to say too much. But I feel like at some point uh, Ziggy's going to get brought in on on a fairly good deal, and while he's healthy. He's a standout player. So it's one of those things, uh, besides defensive end for you, uh, Scott, is there any other free agents on the market that you're looking for the Raiders to talk to this week or someone uh, someone satisfying? Who, who do you have your eye on? Well, a lot of the people that I had my eye on, you know, got, got picked back up, you know, like a Jesse James uh, I, you know, I thought that they might take a flyer on on Kelsey. He went back to uh, uh, Cincinnati, which okay. so they're not addressing the tight end. You know, the, the way I, I look at it, I know a lot of people are are banging the uh, banging the table for for Cook, but and it's the same with Ziggy Ans and the same with some of the other guys. They're still out there in free agency. If if you let your girl. If you tell your girl, you know, she's <laughs> she's, uh, she's with you there, and you tell her, you know what? Hey, baby, why don't we see other people? In fact, why don't you just go ahead and go to the party without me? What does that tell you? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there, you know, there's there's more to cook than just the, the, the yardage and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, I, he could come back, uh, but I don't – it's either going to be at an eye-opening for him market, which it's not a you know they're either going to somebody's going to sign him for the money he's looking for eight nine million dollars. I don't I don't necessarily see that. Uh, I think reality is going to get, get checking, and if he comes back with his hat in his hand for five six million, I mean the Raiders might take him back. But uh, uh, it, it's really rough out there when you're looking at at, at who's left out there. You got Ziggy. And then, and that's another thing with Ziggy. Why hasn't he signed yet? There's some, you know, you're yeah. talking about a guy who in in 2016 was just an absolute monster. 2016. I mean, he was just just absolutely crushing people. I remember him pushing Donald Penn back into Derek Carr and the safety happening because you know Penn is doing everything he can to slow yeah. down. Two plays right there on the on the goal line, and Ziggy was just. Just absolutely, you don't, and you don't, you don't see anybody do that to Donald Penn. I mean, Donald Penn's usually really good at holding his own, uh, but why hasn't anybody signed him? What, what's the deal? What's behind the scenes that's holding this up? Is he asking for too much money? Maybe, you know, you got Indomitian Sue out there. Why hasn't he signed? You know, he, he's taking his time trying to, 
get his money. I, I think he's you know real lazy during the season. Played fantastic during the playoffs, but I think he coasted for the most part, and I think that's why yeah. the Rams haven't re-signed him. Uh, so there's not a lot left out there. There's there's just you know you, you've, you've got diamonds in the rough and. Uh, you know, guy, <laughs> it's just I, I I feel like the Raiders are making these moves for cap space, and there's not a lot there. So there's got to be something else. Either they're looking at they're looking at grabbing somebody, trading for somebody, and picking up somebody's having the versatility pick up their their contract, or they're waiting for draft day. Which Mike Mayock said that you know they were looking at doing that, saving some cap space for draft day and, and that day after draft where they cut everybody because they just slammed 15 guys on their team, you know, <laughs> the, the NFL. So you've got, you know, you've got 450 guys that are automatically unemployed or, you know, not, not quite that many, but, you know, I mean, they slam all these guys that they draft and, uh, and sign, and then they're getting rid of, you know, mid-tier free agents that maybe didn't work out and whatnot. Maybe they'll grab somebody there, but that's a real dangerous way to go. I think, though, that they're really not so worried about their defense um, if they can get their offense. I believe that they're looking at Kansas City and saying, you know what, their defense sucked. The only thing at Kansas City, and they're going to regret firing Bob Sutton over this, uh, and if you're a Raiders fan, thank God they fired Bob Sutton. (laughs) Absolutely. One thing thing that that team did, it was very opportunistic. I mean, when they needed to make a play, get the ball back, things like that, they did. They were always positive in the uh, in the in a turnover ratio, big time. You know, like double digits positive. And if D four doesn't line up offsides, they go to the Super Bowl. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> I'm not talking about the, the conspiracy stuff. D four doesn't line up offsides. You know, they go to the Super Bowl because they they made that play. They their defense came in, got that got that that turnover, but he was offside. So. If, if, the, if the Raiders can do that, or remember 2016, guys, 2016, all of a sudden the defense was opportunistic. Uh, Raiders had a plus-minus of 15 that year because the defense was, you know, Khalil Mack, pick six. Things were happening. They, you know, they were getting the sacks. They were getting the interceptions. Uh, everybody seemed to be doing their part. They were getting fumbles, and the Raiders went 12-4 and four with, you know, uh, what, a 20 – a defense that started off – yeah. category in the first two games statistically worse than any other defense in the history of ever yeah yeah i'm glad you brought up d ford too about him lining up offsides you see him go to the pro bowl and do the same thing line up offsides in the pro bowl and exact same thing <laughs> exact same thing yeah oh, i love the chiefs man i love the chiefs for stuff like that <laughs> chris what what's your uh what's your last chance target who's the guy that you you, you know besides ziggy is there anybody on the offensive side of uh, offensive side of the ball that you're trying to target or wrap this thing up with you know um, that's an interesting point I don't know about a specific player but uh, you know the Raiders were players for Le'Veon Bell so it it shows to me that they at least um, might be in the market to add a running back and yeah. the question is who there's been some rumors about you know possibly trading for Jordan Howard yeah uh, you know you look at you know s- some of the running backs available that's starting to dry up but I don't know if I have any specific players but I would I would think that they possibly add a running back and you know if they do miss out on jared cook um you know maybe they add a a veteran at a low cost uh to you know until they maybe draft one uh and then obviously the edge rusher uh that we situation we've talked about uh, pretty significantly but 
I would say running back is a, is a position to watch. You know, what's going to happen with Marshawn Lynch the, as the days go by? Is is he planning on coming back? Is he not? Uh, you know, do the Raiders make a play for Jordan Howard? Do they bring Doug Martin back at really cheap to compete? Uh, you know, I wouldn't be like, even though Martin had some nice moments, I wouldn't be necessarily super thrilled with that. But uh, I feel like running back is a position to watch. And for me, I've been I've been high on linebackers this entire offseason. Of course, uh, we still got our guy. We got Zach Brown floating around out there. Money bag, yo. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, I think we all got hit oh, with that false false article. What do you think? Uh, we could we could think. Uh, I'm gonna. I tried to climb the tree on this one of where it was coming from, and I hate to say it, Raiders beat. You know our our official <laughs> our official sponsor of the podcast. I think, man, were they was he trolling us? Was Raiders beat trolling? I, he I think he dropped that thing in the timeline on us, man. <laughs> Zach Brown. Zach Brown trolled us two years ago. You know, yeah, we really needed a linebacker. We were super excited he was visiting. I was even saying, lock the doors like Zach Brown. We got to sign him. He's the linebacker we need. And then, you know, obviously they couldn't come to a a financial, uh, you know, uh, agreement. And he said, money bag, yo, flew out of there, signed with the Washington Redskins. And here he is a free agent now. And I, I mean, you bring him up. I, that's not a bad guy to mention. I don't know what the cost would be, but. Hey, last time we let him walk out the door, he went back to the Washington Redskins, and I'm pretty sure he was the leading tackler of the entire NFL that next season, right? At least for a for a for a big part of that next year. I mean, he was he was a, a standout linebacker, no doubt. We still got Brandon Marshall floating around out there. I mean, there's there's still you know some second tier guys. They're they're not in, quite intriguing, but there's enough. They're to fill intriguing some of these to needs. me. They're yeah. intriguing <laughs> to me, Cody. <laughs> Take anybody at this point, right? I love a linebacker right? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Take what about you, Scott? Would you uh, would you think Zach Brown or Brandon Marshall, not the wide receiver, everybody, the linebacker from Denver? Do you think uh, they're in play here for the Raiders? You know, it, it, at this point, I believe that the Raiders are in in, in kind of penny pension mode as okay. far as they're protecting their camp cap. Because I mean, the, the freeing up space—you know—they're they're getting rid of people, freeing up space that they don't necessarily need to get rid of, you know, right at this moment. So it it, it makes me think that something's in the works. But like Zach Brown, I mean, the problem with Zach Brown for for the Raiders is I believe that Zach Brown's looking to get paid, and linebackers got paid this year. Holy yeah, hell! I mean, I mean, it, I mean, we're Thanks, talking <laughs> get paid defensive end money get paid yeah, yeah, cj yeah. mosley got cashed out oh, yeah. uh quan yeah. alexander man you're right scott you're oh out you know i mean we're quan alexander was 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 somebody i looked at as oh man he's been injured he's young yeah he's been injured you might get this guy for eight million holy hell imagine the <laughs> man, money he would have got market just blow up Imagine what? the money he would have got if he had two ACLs, man. That would have been it, dude. It, he would have cashed I mean, it, in, no it, doubt. So, what do you think, Zach Brown, who did exactly what you said? Andy tore the Raiders' ass a new one in Week Three. You know that following year, which was I remember that. that. I was there to watch that happen. Uh, but uh, is he what, what, what kind of deal? He's young still. You know, he's he's obviously a thumper he, he can he can get in coverage he's a, he's an all-around good linebacker do you think he's going to go in for eight million or nine million or are you going to really have to you know put some money out there so you know there's something else that, that that's kind of getting me about the linebacker position take a look at what the chargers did to the 
to the uh, Baltimore Ravens last year in the playoffs, they basically big nickeled them. You know, they basically brought in all their safeties and said, fine, <laughs> run, go ahead. Yeah. We dare you to run. And they just <laughs> shut him down. And, and with big nickel, I mean, they might bring in another – they might bring in some kind of, you know, safety hybrid. Uh, they might go that route, uh, you know, uh, which is, you know, your linebacker, your safety, that kind of guy, keep Cabinda. I, I personally think that, that if they – move down and i know you guys you know when you guys are talking about moving up with bosa right they move down in the draft and pick up picks then bush comes into play i think you go like well because i don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to get white i think he's too too expensive for i mean i'm not saying he's not an awesome prospect but i look at bush as almost as good of a prospect and if you can get him 20 picks later great get him uh and i believe that they might go that route maybe i don't see him moving up to get Bosa because the two people, the two teams that, that, that would grab him, let's say, you know, everybody's, if, if Arizona's just lying through their teeth and they grab Bosa, I don't see it happening, but you know, Hey, this is a season of lying. They're not going to move. They're not going to trade with anybody who wants to move up to get Bosa. The 49ers might want Bosa to pair up with D Ford. They still, they could, if they're going to, if John Lynch is dead set to get Bosa, he ain't trading. So, I mean, you know, if a trade happens and you know that these guys weren't interested in getting that player, like, the, you know, I don't see the Jets swapping. You know, the Jets could, you know, use a guy like that. It's yeah, really, yeah. or the Jets could, somebody could trade up. Miami's looking for a quarterback. New York's looking for a quarterback. You might have people, he might just fall to four. It's possible. To, it, you never know. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think if you're, you don't have a defensive end on your team right now. You got two guys. You just picked up a guy that, that that's, you know, uh, a rotational guy, and you've got Arden Key. Are you really, do you really believe that Bosa is going to be there in the draft? You believe you can pull off something to get there? You're banking everything on that? You're going to gamble that? Ooh, I don't know. I don't see the team doing that. I think the team is going to be a little bit more, I think they have a different plan. Oh, Scott, I, I, I certainly hope they would. And, you know, I, I just mean like, I'm, I guess it's me myself growing concerned that they haven't addressed it, you know, and thinking yeah, yeah, like, yeah. man, the longer this goes, maybe that is their plan. But, uh, you know, obviously all that would, and, you know, if they, Ziggy Ansa signs with, with the Raiders, uh, tomorrow, you know, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, well, that's that kind would- of my thought. That fix that, right? <laughs> oh yeah, it would. I I would be yeah. uh, completely excited. That would shut me up, and I'd be like, "Cool, we'll just wait for Quinn and Williams to fall to four, and I'm cool." <laughs> well, I was just gonna say real quick, if they were gonna tar- if they targeted Ziggy, he would have already been a Raider. It's you like think, they yeah. went out and got the guys that they wanted to get. I mean, they wanted Trent Brown. Boom, they paid him. They wanted um, Jordan, they paid him. They you know they wanted um, Williams. They paid him. Boom, got You're it right. done made it happen targets of opportunity Le'Veon bell they could have got him but he wasn't necessarily in their plan but they were like well geez 1800 scrimmage yards you're just going to add that to the offense you got an opportunity to grab him pay him 12 million 13 million a year backload some of that into las vegas and go hey here you go and Le'Veon bell almost came you know like he almost did you know and he did then he used this to go back to the jets and jets paid him more money and now, and the Raiders were like, you know what? If we're going to go back and forth, we're done. And it was, you know, and you talk about that discipline. Mack walked away from it. Like, you know what? We're not doing this. And you have to be able to walk away from that deal. So, I, 
you know, but if you're looking at running back real quick, I'm sorry. If you're looking at running back, there's a guy. There's a guy that should be there mid to late. If you if you trade down, who are you? Josh Jacobs. At? Josh Jacobs. Is that your time? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. Hey, no. Yeah. That's that's a good point there. What I get out of all of this is, of course, we've put ourselves in a position, like you said, we went out and got the guys that we wanted. Maybe this this second wave here that we're going to look at after this episode drops is, I think the Raiders are going to sit back, and if someone just so happens like they don't get the market that they expected. Maybe someone falls in their lap. But besides that, as of right now, where we sit now, Mike Mayock came in here with John Gruden. This is what's so exciting for me as a Raider fan, is they came in here and they put us in a position to where the possibilities at this point are endless from here on out. I mean, we have the draft capital. We have enough cap space to make moves. Just like you said, I mean, you know, we've had some cap casualties. Just like you said, Scott, maybe they're gearing up for something. You never know. They might be. They might not be. But they might be. The possibilities are endless, and I'm extremely excited. And, Scott, I really appreciate you taking the time here and breaking this all down with us on, to me, one of the most crucial episodes that we're going to have all off season. I mean, we, we've, been, we've made moves, um, and we have a lot more to make. And, uh, like I said, Scott, you're a great guy. I love your opinion. I really respect your opinion. I'm speaking for both myself and Chris. Absolutely. Um, and you have, like we spoke about your podcast. I don't do this for everybody, Scott, but where can my listeners find your podcast? Where can they listen to you? Uh, the, the easiest way, it's, it's, it's a part of the SB Nation. So you can go to Silver and Black Pride, uh, Levi Damon's site. Your, uh, your guys should know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you can go on Twitter and see us. At, it's called at Raiders Podcasts. Uh, it's Raiders, plural, podcasts, plural, Raiders Podcasts. Uh, you can get to us there at Silver and Black Turf with Nick Hamilton. It's fantastic. And let me tell you something. You guys, I, I love the passion, and I love the, you know, uh, we don't always have to agree, and, and different opinions, you know, coming from people who are passionate about the fan base and passionate about the Raiders, it's always good because sometimes, you know, you go, hmm, you know, that that, that might work out, you know. Uh I, I, you know, we, I, who, who wouldn't love to have Nick Bosa on the team? Who wouldn't love to have, you know, I mean, you go, you go into the first round and you look at half the guys and you go, yep, y'all think that, you know, and don't, we don't have 20 picks, but, you know, <laughs> just uh, the excitement of the way what you guys have said, and, 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 and this is a great time to, to be running a podcast, and I've, I've, I've been listening to you guys, you know, and, and it, it's been really impressive to see some of the things that you do. I don't always agree, um, but I appreciate, you know, the, the shout out and I appreciate being on your show because I wanted to really cut it up with you guys. I can't wait. I really do want to cut up with Kenny. You know, he said he was going to make somebody <laughs> cry tonight. And, you know, I said, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, cut some, cut some onions. I was yeah, I will say, what are you going to do? Sing. But, you know, you know, I, I, that would that would make, you know, make you cry. Just make your ears bleed. No, I'm kidding. I, 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 I really have fun with chopping it up with Kenny on, on Twitter. But, uh, you know, but anyways, no, it's it's fun. It's it's uh, I think it's fresh. I think what you guys are doing fresh, you know, and I, I've been on a few podcasts and, you know, I, I, I've got I got my boy Murph and I love him. And you guys are getting into that group where I really enjoy just the the freshness and I really enjoy the effort that you're putting into it. It shows, especially visually and, and, and your artwork and you, you care. How does that, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's important to me. You guys care about your brand, what you're saying, 
And, you know, and, and anytime you guys want me on, I'll come on because I, I, I like, I love Raiders beat, love, you know, love the guy and how he runs that. And as you guys being a part of that, that just, you know, that's, I think it's really professional looking. So. I appreciate that, Scott. And uh, you're a guy that I've always wanted. We, I just actually talked to Chris about it before we before we had this chat. Like you said, you know, you, you appreciate coming on here, and that's why we appreciate even more having you on here. We can tell that we, we can tell that your your efforts here, and, and you're just passionate for the Raiders. You know, you're trying to give us credit, but you got to give yourself some credit there. I, I love what you do for us. Uh, your opinion's great, man. Your opinion's great, Chris. Man, Scott's our dude, man. <laughs> dude, Scott, Scott's the man. And the best thing about not only Scott are you tremendously knowledgeable about football, about the Raiders now, about the history of the Raiders, but you just you love the Raiders, and that's what's so great about talking about them with you. Is that you, I'm talking to a guy who just loves this football team, and all the you know things you're saying about our podcast, we so appreciate that, and and we ha- we share that. We love this football team for some crazy stupid reason (laughs) we are completely and totally obsessed with the silver and black the raiders and uh you know whether they're in la or oakland or vegas we're all in we spend way too much time talking about them thinking about them and uh, we feel like you're in that that department with us so thank you scott for for everything man you never know i might end up doing something with with uh with raiders beat you know i i I really respect the, the things that they've done over there and we're you know you never know might happen. There we go. Right. There we go. Back into writing. You That's know, respectful. I still am a That's member respectful. of the uh, Pro Football Writers of America. I still have that. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. There you go. We, we love our connection with Raiders but beat, no, man. Absolutely. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep having fun. Uh, remember, you know, just, you know, take care of your fans. Stay passionate about the team, you know, and everything else, you know, will we'll, we'll work itself out. You guys are doing a great job words to live by right there scott this was a great call we appreciate every minute of it and uh, i'm sure we're gonna hear from you probably pretty soon again here on the raider cody podcast so stay tuned and you have a good night scott no thanks for having me all right chris let's take a minute to show some love to the supporters that help make this show happen Raider Nation, make sure you check out Dan from DC4L Custom Tees. Dan's been with us since day one. He carries all the Raider Cody podcast gear, and not just our gear. He has his own line of custom Raider shirts. There's a hot topic going down in Raiders world. Guarantee you he's got a shirt that's dropping soon, and it's perfectly fitting. My personal favorite is the felonious fan shirt. It perfectly represents our fan base, and as Raiders fans, it's time we just rep it proud, man. Next, make sure you check out rnforlifer.com. That's Raider Nation for Lifer. He has a lot of custom little accessories that you normally wouldn't think about, so you have to visit his website. But he has custom pins, custom patches. I've seen custom shoes. And my favorite is he has a full-blown custom Raider Nation flag, and it's the real deal. It's not your typical Amazon flag. This thing is full-stitched, full-embroidered, and it's the real deal. Uh, That's a guy you definitely got to check out. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook, but go to his website. That's rn4lifer.com. And our newest supporter. Make sure you check out Made by Tony Perez. You can find him only on Instagram at Made by Tony Perez. He does custom metal artwork. The real deal, CNC, plasma cut, aluminum signs. I mean, he does signs. I've seen trailer hitches. And even all the way up to custom barbecues. This dude's the real deal. I mean, he powder coats, paints it. He vinyl wraps it. 
I haven't seen any custom Raiders artwork that really compares to Tony Perez's. And if you feel like finding out more, feel free to call him. That's 209-756-1830. Tony's a good guy, and he does great work. So make sure you check it out. But if you have any questions on where to find these guys, they're all on my website. Go to RaiderCody.com, and I have links to each one of their pages. Now let's quit messing around and let's get back to the show. Yeah, man, Chris, that uh, that call with Scott was just how I pictured it. Absolutely loaded with content. It's been a crazy week. I just love Scott Winter, man. I love Scott. He's awesome. And, uh, you know, the the knowledge and, and the kind of roundtable discussion just going over the state of the Raiders was so fun. But you know what, man? I'm in the mood for some real talk. Oh, you with, want some real talk? King. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't want to spoil nobody's party early. But uh Kenny King has a hit list brewing oh, up he this does. week, man. He's on fire. He's on fire. He's he's uh Tread lightly, everyone, because Kenny King's on a mission right now. And I'm uh you. anyone in his way, he's he's running them over. Apology point. apology in advance for anybody if their name gets dropped in this next segment. But I know Kenny is in the background right now. He's stewing, man. He's on fire. He's smoking. And uh, we're going to get him on the phone. Let's uh, let's give uh, old Kenny King Jr. a ring. Let's call him. Yo, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing tonight? What's up, Kenny? What's going Kenny on, dude? King. Hey, you know what? Normally, I'm usually happy. Mm-hmm. I got some stuff I got to get off my chest this weekend. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ooh. The king's you know, bothered, I, huh? Oh, the king's bothered. You know what I'm saying? I got a, I had a list. You know, I, I know you guys saw my list, and uh, I checked it twice. I checked it three times. I checked it five times. I want to make sure who was naughty or nice. And guess what? Nothing changed, baby. Nothing changed. <laughs> well, except for one. Except for one. And, and we'll get to that one later. But um, let's go down this list. Uh, got my man Grover. Uh, Grover A. Smith. He is pissed off that the Steelers should be, and says that the Steelers should be drug tested for the trade for Antonio Brown. Right? For a third and a fifth. Okay. He he thinks that the that the uh, the ownership, the coaches, the leadership in that in that organization should be drug tested. Here's my thing: I feel like he should be drug tested for going out there and thinking that he knows how to talk about football, like he ever played the game, like he ever talked about the game, like he really knows what's going on. He doesn't know if it's Antonio Brown or Antonio Bryant. So <laughs> get the guy out of here. Oh man, yeah. it's so true, man. Because didn't he? Uh, he was the one like banging on Mayock, right? Kind of comparing Mayock right. and himself yeah. as if like, why can't I be an NFL general yeah. manager? Then it's like, bro, you cannot be serious. And now he's sitting here, you know, saying like the Steelers. Don't you think if the Steelers could have got like a first round pick, they would have? Like, come on, right. like. I think the only yeah. better deal they got was from the Patriots, and who wants to ship them to New England? So, keep it going though, Kenny. Well, here's I got even interrupted. But no, but they, but here's the thing, you know they they, they wanted a first round pick. Mayock told them no dice. Mm-hmm. Mayock told them mm-hmm. go kick rocks, and then they came back to Mayock with their tails between their legs, asking for asking Mayock for a deal. So it's almost like they got a highly qualified GM over there in Oakland, doesn't it? 
Oh, yeah, wait sure a second. Like that. Oh, hold on. No, according to Grover Ray Smith, no, he's just another guy in his field, right? Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just going to be a green puppet and, and all this stuff. Right, know? right, 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 right. So let's go down yeah. the list. I've got I've got Grant and Lowell Cohn. Local barrier writers, uh, highly, highly unfavored throughout the throughout the Raiders organization, the Niners organization, the San Francisco Giants, Ace. Everybody, nobody really likes these guys. Uh, if you ask Damon Bruce, Damon Bruce does a great Lowell Cohn impression, uh, but I'll let him do it because he does it better than me. But Lowell, but Grant, Lowell's son, really, 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 really wanted to talk about Amari, Lil Boosie with the wipe down Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> and Gru was not having it. Yep, yep. I he, yeah, so he's the one, he's the one who asked that question, right? And he's like, he is. Okay. He asked that question. Gru looked at him. Gave him a chucky eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> gritted his teeth a little bit and said, we're not going to sit here and compare receivers. Yeah. <laughs> because really, you can't compare Amanda to Antonio. You got a man versus a six-year-old little girl. <laughs> can, can, can I ask you this question? When, when uh, Gruden said, I don't understand your question, do you think that Gruden understood exactly what he was asking, but wanted to embarrass him by making him ask it a second time? Because that's kind of how I felt. That's exactly what it felt. It felt like Gruden was sitting there in his head thinking, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face. I wish I wish they would have panned over to Antonio Brown because I really wanted to see what AB was looking at. Oh, man. Like, how you... you know, re- oh. Kenny, this is pure entertainment, man. I like the I like the direction this list is going. I'm gonna sit back in my chair. Who's next on the list, Kenny? Who's yeah, next? I want to know, list? man. Let me see who this. we got. I love so, this. like I said, I updated my list a little bit. So I I moved some okay. names around. I, I updated some people. I changed some okay. things. But next on my list is Skip Payless. <laughs> Payless. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You heard me right. Just like the shoe store. Now. He's saying that we need to use 2019 to evaluate Derek Carr. Okay. Uh, you know, Derek Carr probably had his best season statistically uh, while taking 51 sacks and putting up 4,000 yards and, you know, having the highest yak and, uh, or the highest YPC. But you know what? Let's look at this. How about you, you use the fact that Shannon Sharp has to be off that hen dog every single day because he can't deal with the fact that you put out these crap takes and your shirtless selfies every day. <laughs> oh man. I tell you what, coming out coming off that news, if he thinks it's a prove it year for Derek Carr, I hope that Derek Carr shows up, shows out, proves him wrong, and I would say I would say I hope Skip Bayless has to put his foot in his mouth. Payless. But it doesn't matter be Skip oh yeah, I'm sorry. I hope that Skip Payless has to put his foot in his mouth. It really doesn't matter because he talks out of his ass anyway, so it ain't going to make Cody, a difference, uh, right? You, you better, Cody, you better pronounce it Payless or you're going to be on the list. Payless. Right there, <laughs> and, and, oh, and you know what? Man. I'm not, I'm not going to get on Shannon Sharp. I mean, the man, the man was blessed with the name Shannon. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll leave, I'll leave bad enough alone. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a donkey anyway. You know what I mean? So. Exactly. You know what? Hey, great great tight end. Uh, dude looks like John Elway's black cousins. But you know, anyways, <laughs> he looked real cute in that LeBron jersey too. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> so on to the next. Okay. We got Colin Coward. No correction. Coward. No 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 correct. No 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 no. Colin <laughs> Coward. 
<laughs> Spelled like the, coward, like. Yeah, know, like. A-R-D. Like he's a lion and he's saying, put him up, put him up. <laughs> because the guy backpedals faster than Deion Sanders facing Jerry Rice. Oh. <laughs> I mean, dude. One day, one day you say that the Raiders are the Raiders are trash and they're not going anywhere. The next day you say that the Raiders are good uh, and they're they're projected to do well. That they they're having the the, the best offseason ever. Uh, next thing you know, you've got you've got Chris. I used to I used to play for Gruden, but I never really played Sims. Uh, <laughs> talking about the Raiders are looking at Kyler Murray and that, that he's the guy and he's the guy moving forward that. That we want to put, uh, we want to put a five foot, nine foot, ten foot uh, George Foreman lookalike. Can't talk, can't have a conversation with nobody. Uh, quarterback behind center when you have the best receiver in the league. And I, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it either. You know why? You know why I'm not buying it, Kenny? Is because look at where I'm not it. Because you're not selling it. That's why I'm not buying it. But I tell you something, bro is when you see the number one wide receiver in the league want to come play for the Oakland Raiders. Yep. And he shows up and he builds a relationship with Derek Carr. Look at him, man. It's been, what, three or four days straight? And he hasn't left his side. They're best friends right now. They're best friends. And, and yeah, well, What did that Pittsburgh guy say, though, that Pittsburgh writer? Oh, that's oh he's the only guy. Right? Is he on the list? Uh, he, you know what? He's not on my list because he's not worth my list. Uh, that guy, that guy, and uh, No Neck Jenkins didn't make my list because I, I just one, I couldn't remember their names because they weren't they weren't worth the time. But actually, I, I did see the guy. He was on my timeline earlier, and he was talking about uh, Raider fans said that he looked like he brushed his teeth with butter. Uh, I said, yeah, I said it looked, I said it looked more like whiskey and whiskey and coffee at the same time. Maybe a little bit of Coca Cola for the erosion effect. Um, but it, but at the end of the day, I mean, really, what it comes down to is the fact that that both Antonio Brown and Derek Carr are very excited to play with each other, um, yeah. and not in that sense. Okay, so don't get don't get weird yeah, with yeah, me. But no, they're they're very excited. They're very excited to be teammates. Um, you know, Antonio Brown said that Derek Carr was one of the deciding factors on why he came here. That DC was yeah. hitting him up, texting him, saying, you know, you know, I can't wait to work with you. Let's let's do this. Speak uh, it. Be- before he even sat down and signed the papers for the trade, him and Gruden were going through four hundred clips of film to see yep. what. He's what he does, what he does best, what he could, what he could focus on, what he could improve on. Yep. So the fact, the fact that you know that 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 relationship is there, and the fact that he has so much respect for Derek, that he has so much respect for Mike Mayock, that he has so much respect for John Gruden, and at the same time that these guys have that much respect for him, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be ridiculous. So so Colin, Colin, you can take your little cowardly line back to Oz. And maybe call call my guy that I did scratch off the list because he's been good, and that's Jay Middle. Jay Middle's actually Jay Middle's been good lately, so I'm I'm not even going to go in on him because that's my dog. Give him so you have a pass. I'm giving him a pass right now. Uh, <laughs> but but let's go back down this list. We got um next on my list is Will Kane. Ooh, the man that likened Antonio Brown to a suicide bomber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Saw that. Mm-hmm, Crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
because you want to have a better life for your children, for yourself, for your family, and you want to make sure that you have guaranteed money because let's face it, even the guaranteed money, unless it says fully guaranteed in the NFL, is not guaranteed. So because he wanted to do that, he's now a suicide bomber? Okay, Will Kane, well played. Uh, let's see how long you last. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Hi. But but here, here's the thing, Kenny King. All this stuff has been brewing up. we got a lot of hate on the Raiders side. But there's been a constant here. We've, we, we've had some concerns about the Kansas City players' direction. What, what's their focus? What, what, what's their purpose, man? Are they good people or are they Kansas City Chiefs? So we had Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, what, came out? He had his issues, right? He's a, he's a Cleveland Brown. He had eight-game suspension. But we got another Chief he's facing a second offense. I don't know if he gets away. What's going on? Kenny, Look, give me the scoop. Real talk. Here's the situation. So Kareem Hunt, you know we we have it on we have it on tape we have it on tape and and what happened right? Um, he he attacked he attacked a woman trying to leave trying to get her to leave the room. Uh, he ended up kicking a woman. Uh, he got an eight game suspension. Okay, he is now he's now a member of the Cleveland Browns. John Dorsey, who was a former GM of, of Kansas City, picked him up, uh, vouched for his character. Okay, so let's put that aside. Uh, we'll address that in a moment. Let's look at the fact of, of Tyreek Hill. When Tyreek Hill was in college, he didn't just assault a woman. He choked out his pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. He punched her in the stomach. Now, we could look at it as it was an act of aggression it was an act of domestic violence, or we could look at it as a, it's an act of attempted murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and really, that's how that's how I view it. It was now. It was. Um, you know, one, you should never put your hands on a woman. You know, I as a father of a daughter, you know, Cody, you've got a daughter, Chris, you have a daughter. I think that we all feel the same exact way. Preach it. Uh, yeah. So it, it in as. You know, having a sister and having a mother, you know, obviously it, it, it hits very close to home because had that been my sister, had that been my daughter, uh, he may have been six feet under and I may not have been here sitting here talking to you guys right now. But, you know, needless to say, he was drafted. Um, you know, apparently John Dorsey said that he was reformed, um, that he had changed his ways and that, you know, he was a good guy. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's fast forward three years later. Now in the news, there are two separate events of child abuse. Not just one, but two. Uh, I, and I don't know the exact dates. I believe it was March 8th and March 14th. Tyreek Hill has charges against him and is being investigated for abuse against a juvenile. Which you first look at it, when I first saw it, I was like, oh man, he got into us with some punk kids. Which I understand, like, you know, going out going out around here, going to Dave and Buster's and stuff like that. The kids out here are crazy, one. And two, the kids, you don't realize that they're kids. They're not they're not built like kids were back when we were kids. When I when I dug deeper and I read through the report and I saw that the actual kid was a three-year-old son of Tyree Kill and that he broke his son's arm. 
it made me utterly disgusted. Yeah, sickening. Now, what puts the icing on the cake, and I hate to say it because cake is a great thing and cake makes people happy, is that this child was the same child that was in utero when Tyreek Hill punched his girlfriend in the stomach. What the hell is wrong with this guy? And why the hell is the NFL not taking swifter action to move him out? Exactly. Well, you got to think. Down. I mean, I'm not I'm, down. It, it's already sickening to me just knowing what happened. But if, if you try and break this down, I don't mean to give anybody a visual aspect whatsoever. But you got to think, what would it take? I got almost, he's almost, my son's almost two years old. What would it take for him to break his arm? It's not just something simple. It's not a slap no. on the arm. It's not a little push into the wall. Something it's not serious even, It's happened. not even a hard spanking. Something happened. That's the thing. It's just not even – it's like – it's not even where you grab your son's arm and you give him a couple wraps on the on, on the tail as a spanking. No. Like, this is legit abuse. You would think that this kid you – know? I mean, I, ha- I hate to say the report hasn't come out, of course, just his arm was broken. But, I mean, if it was anything other than him physically breaking his arm, you'd have to body slam a kid for him to break his arm. Well, the right. thing is, too, there's the two incidents, though, within, like, a short period of time, right. right? So this isn't like there was, you know, he's been great for three years and he was just playing with them and something silly happened. There was two, you know, uh, you know, violent situations. Real quick, like, like we were just saying, man, this stuff, it's bigger than football. And, Kenny, I appreciate the call this week. You brought the heat. You had the hit list. It was ready to go, brother. And I tell you what, my my cheeks still hurt. It was some good stuff. I can't argue with you. I'm 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 ready for what the off season is gonna bring to us because ain't nothing getting past real talk. My daughter's trying to steal my damn show. I'll see y'all next week. Hey guys, welcome back to Layla's Corner. I'm gonna be on tomorrow, so check me out. And boom, Chris, that wraps up a huge episode for us. We had Scott Winter on. He killed it. Kenny King came in, wrapped it up for us. Content was loaded, but it was a good show, man. What'd you think? I love the kind of roundtable discussion we had with Scott. And I tell you what, man, Kenny King, real talk. It just gets better every week. I love what he has to say, his uh, passionate opinions. And it just it's a lot of fun to be a part of, man. I appreciate you guys. Oh, absolutely. And make sure you guys are staying involved. The content was heavy this week, but it's going to get a lot more exciting. Make sure you're tuning in to our live stream on Periscope. Follow us on Twitter at Raider Cody Pod. Make sure you follow us individually. You'll find it in the bio. And if you have any questions, if you're listening for the first time, make sure you subscribe. You can subscribe off the website at RaiderCody.com. And I'll tell you what, we've talked about a little bit, and we're going to open back up our phone call session, a mailbag session. And it's going to be the same phone number, 808-650-7220. And you can call in your opinion, find it on Twitter. We'll ask a question or ask you guys if you have any random questions. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Um, I don't want to have to edit it and chop you guys up a little bit because we will make it short. We'll, we'll make it simple. we gotta, we, we got to be able to get through the rest of our content as well. We don't want to uh, stretch things on too long. But I think we got a game plan in place. So stay tuned to the Twitter page this week. But until then, Raider Nation, we'll see you next week. Later, Nation. <laughs>